little too bright, maybe. Nah, I don't fucking know. I guess we'll leave it there. What's up, movie addicts? Johnny K. Oh, shit. Bumping my stuff. Off to a uh, bumpy start, to say the least. Tried doing this stream like three or four times. Finally getting it up. The first, the like third first official launch of the Movie Addiction Podcast this time. Midnight Movie Talk is what we're going to be kicking off with. And uh, hopefully this will actually become a regular thing. Uh, No more technical difficulties. Although uh, tonight uh, is not setting the bar very high. Um, If we can get it going in one stream uh, tomorrow night or whenever I try try to do this again, uh, maybe then I can consider myself an actual podcast. But uh, as for right now, let's give it a shot. Uh, Like I said, welcome to the Midnight Movie Talk on the Movie Addiction Podcast. Uh, Just a couple of things I wanted to go over because I think this week I finally need to start buckling down and trying to pump out some of these podcasts. So I figured I'd start with my movie addiction one uh really want to get this platform off and running uh to start so that's what uh we're doing here and i'll explain more at the end when i plug myself and try to get some other projects going too um but for today uh since i didn't get a stream yesterday and there hasn't been a whole lot of other news drop as far as announcements or everything like that uh today or yesterday a lot of the stuff came over the weekend um so i figured at the beginning of every week one of the segments in the podcast would just be breaking down the weekend box office and so let's just do that today or do that tonight rather um instead of yesterday because i didn't do one yesterday um it was a big headline on sunday and then monday too uh shang chi's success at the box office um they're calling it the most successful blockbuster of the summer and i think that's accurate based on uh, i'm not sure overall box office totals um i know in the world it's not quite uh up there yet to number one um uh but this week it is sorry i don't know why my computer's not working here um worldwide it's at number six um so that's pretty good but as far as most consistent weekends domestically i think this is the king so far And so uh, that's a big story. Obviously, it's good to see after the pandemic, and it's great to see for a fresh Marvel property to still have legs like that. I wanted to compare the box office to some previous films uh, that it's, uh, you know, that are kind of relative to the circumstances surrounding this film's release, although it's kind of hard to compare because we've never had, besides Black Widow, um, which is hard to put in the same ballpark because of the whole online streaming uh, situation with that one where most of the, or I I think they said that more than half of the viewers, I don't have the numbers on that one, but I don't think the box office accurately represents um, the actual amount of viewers that that movie got because of the whole uh, Disney plus thing, um, which there's lawsuits about and all this stuff. So we have no other film to compare or to compare Shang-Chi to um, because of just the times we're in. It's incomparable. Um, but we do have uh, other situations we can compare it to. The last standalone Marvel movie to come out uh, in the summer. Uh, the last Marvel movie where a character was introduced that wasn't a major uh, team-up film. Um, so I'll break down those. Uh, but first, just talking about what it actually did this weekend. And like I said, it's in its fourth week of release. And so this is the box office for um, this past weekend. I don't remember the dates. Nine... 
925. Yeah, September 25th and September 26th. Here is the weekend box office for that weekend. Shang-Chi is coming in at number one uh, for the fourth week in the row. Fourth week in a row, it's the film's fourth week of release, and there hasn't been a whole lot of competition, so not a whole lot of surprise there. Dear Evan Hansen uh, came out in second place. This was its opening weekend. Uh, that made 7.4, 7.4 uh, Shang-Chi, by the way, made 13 million. Uh, Free Guys coming in at number three uh, in its seventh week of release. That one brought in 4.1 million. Candyman, which is in its fifth week of release, brought in another 2.5. And Cry Macho in its second week uh, brought in just $2 million. And so before we get into Shang-Chi, uh, which is what I want to talk about the most because that was the biggest story of the weekend, um, I'll talk about some of these other films on here, just some interesting points that I saw. I'll start at number five, I guess, Cry Macho. Um, it is now at... Uh, 8.2 million for its domestic total, uh, which is uh, fairly impressive, uh, I think, because of the uh, fact. Oh, sorry, I can't talk. Um, that it's Clint Eastwood. I'm not sure what the market for that is, even though everybody knows that name. He's not exactly a draw to the movie theater uh, due to the political environment and just the taste of what you know fans are into these days. It's not. Uh, not exactly a, a big draw um, is what I'm trying to say, uh, but I'm distracted because I'm trying to read this also. And another thing is that one debuted also on HBO Max um, without an additional fee. If you have a subscription to HBO Max, you got Cry Macho uh, at the same time that people in the theaters got it. Um, so two million in its second week, and I think if I'm looking at these numbers right, that's eight point two total in two weeks. It's pretty good. I don't know what the film's budget was, but it couldn't have been that much. And so, nonetheless, it's impressive. I'm not sure where it was at last weekend, but its second week, it's still in the top five. I think that's a success. Candyman uh, hanging in there in its fifth week. Um, I actually think they released that one at a pretty good time. Uh, with Halloween movies, it's kind of I don't, I don't ever understand how they pick when to release these because you can argue um, so many different ways as far as release it on Halloween, a week before Halloween, a month before Halloween, in the summer, after Halloween. It's always interesting to me how they decide, but I feel like they picked a good spot for this one. Uh, $56.8 million total, uh, 2.5 this weekend in its fifth week. Um, I think this one's going to have some legs on it. I think as long as it's in theaters, people are going to continue to go see it until Halloween. Um, I'm not sure how long the release window is, um, but until Halloween comes out, uh, Halloween 2 comes out, there's not a whole lot of competition for it as far as horror goes, so it's going to have some legs. It's going to keep making some more money, and they might have been able to make more money off of it had they decided to release it a little closer to Halloween, uh, but I understand that they're kind of nervous about the box office of Halloween, too, um, so... Maybe that's why they did it when they did it, and it seems to be working out. I actually haven't seen that movie, and I don't know. Uh, the buzz wasn't, like, awful about it from what I've been hearing, what I've been reading, uh, which isn't a whole lot, but I haven't heard that it was, like, the worst movie ever or anything like that. Um, but it is a known name, known property, and even though it's a remake, uh, some people still, uh, you know, it's a good date night, and some people still go check it out just because they like horror movies. Uh, Free Guy is at number three in its seventh week in release, bringing in another 4.1, uh, bringing its total to 114.1, and I'm just 
uh, ecstatic about that because that is probably in my top five so far of the year. I was super excited after seeing that movie. I was super excited for that movie. And then after seeing it, I was was very um, pleasantly surprised. I was expecting to like it. Like I said, I was excited for it. Um, But it blew away all my expectations for it. And uh, I'll talk about that more in depth on one of these other streams. Uh, When there's no news, I'll just go through and give you my current top ten list for the year, uh, ranking all the movies I've seen. And I'll go more in depth into it then. Um, I will say, though, uh, seventh week in release... Still at th- still in third place, um, and would be in second if the new release hadn't come out. But this one's got legs. It's it's uh, pretty much for the next little bit. Probably actually this week, you know, Venom's going to come in and mess things up. Uh, but for right now, there's not a whole lot of other big blockbuster style action com action comedies like this coming out. And everybody loves Ryan Reynolds. Plus. It's got all the property Easter eggs, all the celebrity Easter eggs, cameos, whatnot. So a lot of draw for that movie, plus the buzz around it has been awesome. Uh, it's a good movie, and I'm not the only one that has that opinion. And word's getting out, and people are going to see it. So I'm glad to see that has legs and probably will turn into a franchise. I'm not entirely sure, but that would be that would be cool to see. Um, one thing is the cheers. It's great to see these movies making money like this, um, but the thing about this summer is even though we have gotten the return to the theater and everything like this, we haven't had the number of major blockbuster-style releases uh, that we normally would have. So who's to say if this movie came out in 2019 if it would be doing as well or maybe it would be doing better? It's really impossible to tell. I, I can't really uh, – I, I can't really imagine either way so um nonetheless i'm glad to see the success that it's having dear evan hansen the broadway play turned god i keep kicking that fucking thing sorry the uh broadway musical turned film which i heard was garbage and i actually had no interest in seeing it i heard it was a great play or musical or whatever it is uh Obviously not not my uh, cup of tea there, um, but I heard it was great on the stage, but not a very good movie. Even the people that liked the play wrote pretty bad reviews on it, and that's never a good sign. Um, my, my main issue with it, the reason why I had no desire to go see it at all, was because I did see the trailer, and that was basically the movie i mean i'm pretty sure i could tell you exactly what happened in the movie just from having watched the trailer i think it was actually in front of free guy one of the movies i saw about a month or two ago actually had this trailer attached to it and the other thing uh there's so there's a couple things one the movie probably wasn't very good that's what people are saying i can't particularly judge it um but the other thing is it's based on a play or whatever and not an original premise, not a big blockbuster, no big stars. And unless you're into these kind of dramatic films, uh, it didn't really look intriguing. It's not something I would check out unless it was like on cable or maybe in the red box I'd pick it up. Um, but right now people, uh, because everybody's broke or because you're scared of getting sick or whatever the reason, uh, people are really putting some thought into before they go to see a movie in the theater. And so you have to market your movies in a very particular way to make it intriguing enough, make the film look awesome, but also not give away the whole thing or make it look uninteresting, which I think this trailer did both. First of all, I know exactly what's going to happen. Second of all, it's not really a movie I'd go to see um, in the first place. And, you know, it's 
seemed like a sad premise. It reminded me of World World's Greatest Dad just from the trailers, and I wouldn't spend my money to go to see that, and I think a lot of people um, probably felt the same way. Um, and then the big story, we'll get back to Shang-Chi, another movie I was pleasantly surprised by, although I was expecting it to be great because I'm, I'm a fanboy of all that shit, so I, I had pretty high expectations, and it lived up to them, and it was a... It was a great return to the classic Marvel style. Obviously, we had Black Widow, but this is a new story. Um, continuing on the uh, timeline here post-Endgame, so not uh, a flashback or something, uh, a prequel-style movie. This one uh, was the first new installment since Endgame uh, because we've had Spider-Man Far From Home, and now we've had Black Widow, uh, but those are of existing characters, and... Black Widow didn't even take place after Endgame, so uh, this was the big kickoff return into um, Phase 5, 4, whatever we're in right, right now. Technically, like I said, it was far from home, but it's been so long that people have forgotten because there was no movies last year, um, But so I just wanted to compare it. Um, I think it, it's doing very well, and it's actually interesting, so I'll, I'll compare it to, uh, first I'll start by giving its opening weekend details. It opened at seven, $75.3 in first place. Um, there was no new films coming out that weekend, at least no major big films, so it's not a surprise that it took a number one. Um, but that haul is actually pretty good, not even just for a pandemic. Um, but here's some of the previous um, uh, movies. For example, Doctor Strange, which was the last time Marvel introduced a new character that wasn't in a team-up movie, uh, came out. It wasn't a summer movie, but it's still comparable because of the premise. Uh, it came out in 2016, and I know that's been years, but you got to take like two years out, so... <laughs> Technically, it's only been a couple years, uh, if you ask me. That opened to 85, so only uh, about 10 more than this one did. Um, so that's right on par. I think that's right where a Mar Marvel movie needs to be. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp was the last one, the, the last late summer movie, I think. Why did I choose this one? There was a reason why I uh, pulled this one up for my notes. Um, but anyways, this one opened to 75, same thing. Um, so just a little bit less. Actually, no, right on par with what Shang-Chi did. A little bit less than Doctor Strange. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home opened in 2019. Okay, so the reason why I pulled up Ant-Man and the Wasp is because that one was before Endgame. Far, and, and so obviously Far From Home is going to make more money because it's coming off the most successful movie of all time. That one opened in 92. Um, but in its fourth week, it had already dropped down to third place to 12 million. So where, right around where, where Shang-Chi is at now, Shang-Chi pulled 13 million this week. Um, it's a little different because back then it was opening uh, against, well not against, but it was in theaters against uh, Toy Story 4, and then by the time it got to its fourth week, uh, The Lion King had come out, Once Upon a, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had come out, and uh, Toy Story 4 was still out, uh, kicking around in the top five. So it had a more competitive time there. Uh, that was far from home. But what it made it its fourth week, and obviously the overall totals are going to be more, but when we're talking about just a fourth week, um, 
and the drops and whatnot. Shang-Chi is right where it needs to be. It's not exceeding uh, like it might be if times weren't so tricky right now. But I think Disney Plus, by having all their Marvel content that has come out um, that keeps people interested, people are still going to come back to, uh, you know, get back to the theater to see where the universe is heading. Um, so it's very, very interesting. In the, in the fourth week for Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, it had dropped down to 8.7 million, so Shang Chi still doing better than that, or Shang Chi. Sorry, I always say it wrong. Doctor Strange had dropped down to only 19 million. Um, that is also at a different time uh, that you know it wasn't a summer release. So there's different circumstances for all of them, but I, I think this is good for Shang Chi. Obviously, it is great. It'll be interesting to see where this whole thing goes moving forward, but it's solidified itself. Probably, I think it's going to be in the top 10 uh, for the year because we're going to keep making money. They're going to keep making money off this thing for the next month or so, probably. So worldwide, we'll probably get another 100 million. Here is the so this is where it's at so far is 196 domestic and then 363 million worldwide which puts it at sixth place the number one is a a foreign film that hasn't even debuted here called hi mom that one's at 822 it's so weird to look at yearly box office and not see yearly worldwide box office and see no billion dollar films that's the way it's been for the past two years number two f9 at 716 million detective chinatown three another one that hasn't even opened here 686 million that's very odd two of the top three films aren't u.s releases that shows you uh the craziness of what we're living in right now godzilla versus kong is uh number four at 467 black widow 378 and shang chi 363, those are the top five, followed by Free Guy, Quiet Place 2, Corella, and Jungle Cruise. Shang-Chi is definitely going to beat out Black Widow. And there's only a handful of blockbusters that's going to come out um, for the remainder of the year. Uh, we got Venom, uh, No Time to Die, Ghostbusters, Halloween, Spider-Man, um, a few others. Uh, Spider-Man's definitely going to blow it out of the water. Uh, so is uh, Halloween, I think. That's just me being wishful. I don't actually know what kind of uh, legs that film's going to have, but I'm super excited about it. Back to the whole, uh, just because I just saw Ghostbusters on here, I wanted to throw that in when I was talking about Candyman. I was surprised they didn't wait, or that they waited till after Halloween to release. That was probably because of Halloween 2 coming out. I'm not entirely sure. I'm curious to see what the box office on that is going to look like because... A lot of people hated the last Ghostbusters, but this one's got Paul Rudd, who nobody hates. It is a well-known franchise. The trailers looked awesome, um, so I feel like they'd probably be able to squeeze more money out of it if they put it before Halloween, um, but they didn't, so we'll see what happens there. That's just interesting. I can't wait for that movie. All right, so um, next thing to move on to, I guess uh, I'll go on for about another 10 minutes here. Uh, like I said, this is just a quick one. I'm trying to get back into the groove of things as far as podcasting and stuff goes. Netflix held their first annual fan event called Tudum, and it's spelled T-U-D-U-M. And ever since they announced it, I never really read a whole lot about it. I knew it was going to be a fan event, a virtual thing. They were going to release footage and announcements for all their properties and upcoming things. And I just assumed that that stood for something, T-U-D-U-M. 
but it doesn't. It's ta dum like what happens when the Netflix logo pops up on your TV. That's actually pretty hilarious, but I don't know why it's in all caps. Uh, maybe because that's how people hear it is like shouting ta dum. Uh, but anyways, there wasn't a whole lot that excited me as far as the movie goes. Obviously, I'm stoked on Tiger King two and a couple of the other TV properties. Kanye Doc looked good, um, but I'm not big on these virtual events. Anyways, um, you may know my other channel, the one that, you know, came before this one, Concert Addiction. Concerts are my other main passion, and uh, I had no interest in going to see any of those drive-in concerts that were happening last year, uh, where it'd be one thing if the band was there playing, but it's not. They recorded a concert, and then they're shooting it at a drive-in movie, and they expect you to pay 70 bucks car and a lot of people did i mean the metallica one sold out nationwide um but any of those virtual type experiences i've never really had a whole lot of uh intrigue maybe if i was actually like it's always something i want to be there live i don't care to watch uh, a virtual zoom interview with somebody or a presentation i'll wait for the clip to come out the same thing uh that they do in hall h if i was in person in Hall H, obviously I'd be super excited about it. But people for years have talked about how they should have a pay-per-view for Comic-Con, and I don't think I'd have any interest in watching that just because I'll wait for the clips to come out. That's all I really care about unless I'm there in person. Um, but we got some new footage from Red Notice. Uh, big announcement was Chris Hemsworth is returning for Extraction 2. Apparently, I didn't see that film, but apparently there was question his character died or not in the first one. Um, so I think they released a clip from that and then announced he was coming back. Red Notice, it was like a three-minute fight scene. It, you know, that movie's obviously going to be awesome. If that one was going into theaters, that would be another uh, blockbuster just because of who's in it. The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, Army of Thieves. Or, Jesus Christ, I'm just reading. The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot are obviously some of the biggest stars. And it looks funny. It looks, you know... Looks awesome. So people are going to watch that one for sure. And the clip was nice, but it was just a clip. Nothing crazy. Um, one clip that I was super excited about seeing, um, just it was just a short little thing, but it really set the tone for the movie, is uh, Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. Um, this is probably, besides Spider-Man, one... Besides, there's... Okay, so I've got some... Uh, I don't know what the word for it is. Some things that I'm obviously excited for, um, I wouldn't call them guilty pleasures, but my anticipation is higher than it might be for the typical film fan. Uh, Ghostbusters and Halloween, uh, I am super stoked on. Um, but besides those three, Spider-Man, Ghostbusters, Halloween, and Venom, you know, all the classic comic book things, uh, don't look up is what probably the movie I'm most excited for, uh, just because I love Adam McKay and the cast looks awesome. And the, the clip was, you know, just a comedic clip that showed the the tone that this film's going to have. And I, I've loved the turn that Adam McKay has, has uh, made recently where he's going from uh, doing straight-up comedies to comedies that are... This one's not based on a real event, but it's based on something that could be real, it seems like. So there's a bit of a dramatic uh, undertone to it. Um, but it's definitely going to be a comedy, and it's got everybody in it. I'm excited to see Matthew Perry. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they use him. But uh, Leo, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Tyler Perry, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Meryl Streep, Matthew Perry, Chris Evans, uh, 
uh, Michael Chiklis. Yeah, the cast is stacked, and this clip included uh, Leo and Jennifer Lawrence. They were like scientists trying to tell Meryl Streep, who's the president, and Jonah Hill, who's her uh, chief of staff or something, that the world's going to end. And they're just kind of blowing them off. They don't really care. And so, yeah, that movie looks awesome. Definitely got me excited for it. Um, yeah, not much to say. I wasn't super stoked on Tudum. Like I said, I didn't watch any of the live stream. But if this becomes like a fan event like uh, D23 or Comic-Con, um, they do it in New Mexico. That would be cool. Do it every year. I'm sure they got some stadiums down there they could use or some convention centers. I would definitely uh, be interested in going to see that live. But these live stream things aren't for me. Aren't for me. And this year we didn't even get any kind of crazy cool announcements or anything like that. So, yeah, there's that. Last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Venom Day was yesterday. Venom comes out this Thursday, and they had a whole day. Uh, it was mostly on social media. I don't think there was any physical events. I know a lot of the preview screenings happened last night, um, so maybe that's what it was. I don't know if they had a red carpet or whatever. Uh, but it was a great promotional tool. Uh, like I said, it was mostly on social media. It was called Venom Day. They released a bunch of clips, uh, some featurettes with Andy Serkis, the director, um, and I'm super stoked about that. I haven't. I, I was a big fan of him doing motion capture. My favorite trilogy is the new Apes movies, and uh, so I was interested to see him step behind the camera. But I missed uh, Mowgli, as I didn't look good to me. And then uh, he made one other movie that I didn't see. Um, but I'm a big fan of his, and watching him talk in those featurettes was really cool. Looking forward to see uh, see him. Uh, see him direct this movie running out of steam good i'm gonna wrap it up here but yeah the social media campaign they released some clips and they released the snapchat filter and other things like this um but one of my favorite things that they did which was a great marketing tool that kept it trending all day uh was they on twitter you could have venom roast you you tweeted to venom and then he would tweet you back with a roast and Obviously, they don't want to get kicked off Twitter, and it's only a PG-13 movie uh, anyway, so they can't go super crazy with it. But they probably won't because they don't want to seem like they're copying. But I really wish that Deadpool would have done this first because those would be some of the greatest roasts. Um, but, I mean, it was pretty funny. And like I said, they had people sitting there all day responding to everybody that tweeted at Venom to get roasted. And, you know, there were some pretty funny ones. Here's someone posted a picture of a corgi. Venom wrote, loaves of bread tend to be toasted, not roasted. Um, okay, my bald ass is ready to get roasted. Oh, good. We wanted to play pool, but we're missing a cute ball. Or, well, we're missing a cue ball. Jesus. Uh, Venom, roast me. I just had a birthday. I deserve it. Uh, with a picture. And it says, is that a self-portrait? It's time to see a dentist. You know, just goofy shit like that. But it got people more excited for this movie, and uh, which I think a lot of people are already excited for this movie. The only people that wouldn't be uh, over the moon excited. If, if you were a casual fan, I think you're excited about it. But if you're a movie buff, then you might be a little nervous just because of all the bumps that keep happening. Um, so this was a good way to bring the, the interest back. And they always give you know, iffy reasons on why a movie gets bumped and bumped and bumped. And a lot of times it's because the movie ends up sucking. But the initial buzz came out today, and the reviews are good. So I'm super hyped about it. Cannot wait to see Woody Harrelson 
And uh, Tom Hardy is uh, by far the best one of these guys that's gotten to play two big superhero characters. So, yeah, super stoked about it. I'll make another uh, – I'll after I see it, uh, I don't know if I'll do a live stream that night or the next night, but I'll definitely get on and talk about it because I cannot wait. That'll do it for me tonight. Uh, thanks for watching and listening. Uh, what day is it? It's the 29th now. Wow, I went the full half hour. Not really because I started a couple minutes late. Um, but, yeah, Midnight Movie Talk on the Movie Addiction Podcast. Thanks for checking it out. The first one, uh, real clunky. I can tell this did not feel like it went smooth at all. But thanks, everybody, for uh, hanging in there and watching. If you got all the way through to the end, I appreciate it. I will try to... Uh, you know, get smoother as I get back into the groove of doing this podcasting. I have not done it in a while. That being said, uh, the Movie Addiction Podcast and the Concert Addiction Podcast are returning along with my nightly radio show, uh, which I have been doing, Johnny K Radio. Make sure to check all those things out. And uh, there's some links in the description if you want to support me or check out some of my other stuff. Uh, until then, thanks for watching. Bye.